Hey y'all, my name is Jamie Lalonde, and this is Jesus is the Answer podcast, where we help lead people into an authentic, life-changing relationship with Jesus. Hey guys, welcome to the first episode of Jesus is the Answer podcast, and today we're going to be talking about peace, the peace of God versus the peace of the world. And I want us to remember as we go throughout this episode today that the peace of the world is temporary, but yet the peace of God is permanent. God promises to never leave our side. God promises never to forsake us. So will you join me today in remembering that? And will you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I don't know what my brothers and sisters are going through in life. I don't know what their trials are, what their hurts are. But I pray, Lord, that they will find that peace through you. I pray, Lord, that as they find that peace, that they understand the reasoning behind it, the hurt behind it, and realize that it's all your plan. Father, we love you, and it's in your name we pray. Amen. So I want to start off by asking you a question today. Have you ever been standing on the beach while there was a storm taking place? You see, maybe it was just a small rainstorm or maybe even a thunderstorm. Or maybe yet it was a tropical storm or a hurricane. Back in 2014, my family and I took our annual trip to Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. And as we were there, there was a tropical storm named Arthur that took place. And it took place for about eight days. And throughout those eight days, the highest wind that was reached was up to 96 miles per hour. It hit directly in Buford, North Carolina. Now, for some of you guys that don't know where Buford is from Myrtle Beach, that's okay. It's about four and a half hours away, so roughly 180 miles. And the thing about this storm is it ended up turning out to be a Category 2 hurricane. So one day, my family and I decided we'd go out on the beach and stand and just watch. The tide was out as far as I've ever seen it. The current was so strong. I saw the waves, as soon as they would hit, they would just pull apart. There were seashells after seashells, and the waves were just getting harder and harder and rougher and rougher. And it was in that moment that I stopped, and I thought, wow. But as I did some research and I studied a little bit, I found out that in the midst of a storm, in the midst of the smallest storm or in the largest storm, nearly 20 feet below the ocean, it is still. It is at peace. You see, in this moment, God showed me that our life can be like an ocean. That as we draw closer to him, and as in, at verse 10 it says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations and I will be exalted in the earth. Wow. So powerful. I love this reminder. It's a visual reminder that we can see every day in our lives the hurts, the trials, the storms that we are going through. But be still and know that He is God. Today, I just want to give you three points. Three points to help us to focus on Jesus' peace and not the worldly peace. It's hard. We live in a world where sin is just knocking at our door. We wear these targets on our back 
And Satan just aims at him every day. The first point that I want to start off with today is that Jesus can't be your peace when the world is your focus. You see, John 14, 27, Jesus has spent about three years with his disciples, and he's about to leave them. I know that if that was me, I would feel scared. I would feel alone. I would feel betrayed. But I love it because the disciples don't know what's coming next. The scripture reads, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Wow. I love that second part of the the verse. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. At the beginning, as he's talking to the disciples, he's trying to tell them, guys, I I have prepared you. I have given you the gospel. The disciples have watched him do so many reassuring actions that they by now should be able to trust him. You see, in John 13, we see that Jesus washes the disciples' feet. He tells them of Judas' betrayal. He encourages them to love each other. He tells them that he will go and prepare a place for them, and he will come back for them. He promises them the Holy Spirit, and he promises to leave that peace with them. If you have witnessed all this and you were a disciple, do you think it would just be that easy to know that Jesus is and die on the cross, but yet he's going to come back, and so he's telling them not to worry? I love what the second part of this verse says. It says, not as the world gives do I give to you. I want to ask you, what is your focus on today? Is your focus on a storm that you and your family have been going through and you're just not sure that you're going to get out of it? Or maybe it's you just started a new job and you're not sure if you'll provide enough. I don't know what your focus on today. But I love that Colossians 3.2 reminds us, set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. Some of you might be saying, well, what does it even mean to have your mind set on earthly things? Well, Paul reminds us in 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 10. He says, do you not know what wrongdoers will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. The sexually immoral nor adulterers, nor adulterers, nor men who have sex with men, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanderers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. Wow. I know that can be hard. But I want to take a minute and talk to you about an example How many of you have ever taken a picture with your phone or any kind of camera? Well, I know for me that I have this love for taking sunset and sunrise pictures. And when I'm wanting to take a picture of a sunrise or a sunset, my goal and my focus is to get nothing but the sunset and the sun rising. 
So as I get out my phone, I zoom in, and I zoom in a little bit more so that the only thing that my camera is focusing on is the sunset or the sun rising. But if I was to zoom out and zoom out some more, I would start to see all those background things. I would start to see all the trees and the corn and the beans and the cars passing by. And all of a sudden you would see that shift from your sunset being your focus to now you've got so many things going on that you don't know what your focus is on. Do we ever do that in our lives where we start to put something as our focus and then one thing starts coming in and then another thing comes in. Next thing you know it, your focus is on six different things. But how can we truly focus on those six different things? The last point I want to make about this verse, it says, let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. I just want to remind you that Jesus has overcome the world. He tells us in John 16, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. To me, that verse is refreshing. There's times when I read that verse and I think, Jesus has won the race. Jesus has won the storm that I'm going through. So why fear? Jesus says, do not fear 365 times in the Bible. I don't know if you know how many days are in a year, but there are 365 days, unless it's a leap year. But that's once a day that Jesus tells us to not fear. Why? Because he has overcome the world. The second point that I want to talk about today is that peace is not found in the absence of conflict, but rather the peace of Jesus. Philippians 4, 6 through 7, you see Paul was writing to the church in Philippi. He was writing these letters because he was under house arrest, and many believed that he was worried and anxious, so it was a way for him to cope in Philippians 4, he says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. You see, anxiety comes from the world, but peace comes from God. I love this because Jesus gives us a command. It says, do not be anxious. I know for a fact that I get anxious over a lot of things. Maybe it's a test at school or, or maybe it's even a doctor's appointment. Maybe it's a brain scan. Maybe you think you broke something. We all get anxious about that. 
But how can we start controlling our anxiety and letting God control it? Remember, he's overcome the world. I love that verse 7 says, in the peace of God. You see, many believe peace is defined as the absence of trouble. But what does the Bible really mean by God's peace? There's a term in Ireland. It's called shalom. And they often use it to express a farewell or a greeting. So back in the United States, we usually say hello or good morning. Well, in Ireland, they say shalom. And I love it because it's got a deeper meaning. It's a Hebrew word meaning peace, harmony, wholeness, completeness, prosperity, welfare, and tranquility. You see, shalom is used over 200 times in the Bible. When sin entered the world, the shalom was broken. But through the good news of the gospel and through Jesus Christ, it is renewed. So how do we get this shalom? How do we get God's peace? When we allow Jesus' death and resurrection to purchase our forgiveness from God, we are counted as righteous. Our sins are forgiven and paid off, and the only thing we can have then is peace with God. 2 Peter 1-2 through says, Grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and of our Jesus our Lord. You see, when we grow our relationships with God and understand his love for us, we understand his power and wisdom. We then have to put our trust in him, and that's our complete trust. Trust that he will make the best for us in the middle of whatever we are going through. But you see, we have to allow, because God's will is better than man's will. The third and final point is that God uses our storms to shape our stories. Mark 4, verse 35 through 41 You see, Jesus is on a boat with his 12 disciples, and they're on the Sea of Galilee. And he calms this storm, and the disciples are just in shock. They don't know what to think. And I just love the reaction that Jesus says to them. And it says, Mark 4, 35, 41 says, On that day when evening had come, he said to them, Let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took Jesus with them on the boat, just as he was. Other boats were out there with him, and a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat so that the boat was already filling. But Jesus was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care what we are perishing? And he awoke and rebuked rebuked the storm, and said to the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calmness. He said to them, Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And the disciples were filled with great fear and said to one another, Who then is this 
that even the wind and the sea obey him. I love Jesus' response to the disciples. Have you still no faith? You see, when he rebuked the storm and said, peace, be still, he wasn't just telling the storm to be at calm. He was also trying to calm the disciples. But I love it because as he's asleep in the stern, asleep on the cushion, he waited for the disciples to call on to him. Jesus doesn't call out to us. While, yes, he may answer prayers and show us through and show us answers in life, we are the ones that have to call out to him. You see, the event of Jesus sleeping during the storm is that picture of God's attitude towards the storms in our lives. Though he knows and sees our situations, we have to call on to him in prayer, and he will be there waiting. Are we calling upon Jesus in the midst of our storms? Jeremiah 33.3 says, Call to me, and I will answer you, and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. You see, Jesus was the eye of the storm. If you've never heard of that phrase, the eye is a region of mostly calm weather found at the center of strong tropical cyclones. Jesus was that calmness in the midst of the storm for the disciples. Are we going to let Jesus be the eye of the storm in our lives? When everything is going wrong, when we feel like life is beating us up, Jesus remains the same. He is that I. There's a song that I love, and it says, In the eye of the storm, you remain in control, and in the middle of the war, you guard my soul. You alone are the anchor when my sails are torn. Your love surrounds me in the eye of the storm. Every Thursday night, I spend my time at Celebrate Recovery, something that I'm very passionate about. And you see, every other Thursday is what we call Testimony Night, where we get to hear from people that have been through these storms and that transformation of peace that they have found through them is encouraging and empowering because they have allowed Jesus to be the eye of their storm. You see, the peace of Jesus is an inner peace that will fill an empty void. But the peace of the world is an external peace that will not fill an empty void. As we close this episode today, I just want to ask you, where do you need shalom to be restored in your body, mind, or spirit today? Maybe for you, it's just taking that next step in gaining a relationship with Jesus Christ. Or maybe you might say, I have a relationship with Jesus, 
but I'm fully not surrendering everything to him. I don't know where you are, but I just pray that you let Jesus be the eye of your storm this week. Will you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, we invite you into our storms today. We know you are still in control of our storms, and you are close to us even in our storms. Let your peace, which surpasses all understanding, guard us from dwelling on disastrous possibilities and plant our feet firmly on what is true. Help us to trust you even in our hard times and give us your perfect peace as we fix our mind on you. No matter what ends up happening in these storms, we believe you will use it for the good to make much of Jesus, and to make us more like you. We trust you. We love you. It's in your name we pray. Amen.